You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. Welcome to How to Citizen with Baratunde, a show where we reimagine the word citizen and remind ourselves how to wield our collective power. I'm Baratunde. We've been doing a lot of episodes about voting. Not sure if you've noticed, but it's been quite a few. We've had Maria Teresa Kumar of Voto Latino, Sherilyn Eiffel of the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, Angela Lang of Block in Milwaukee, and Quinton Palfrey with the Voter Protection Corps. We could probably make four more episodes on voting because it's that important in this election year to flex that form of our collective power. This episode you're listening to right now is also related to voting. 
but it's also about something much more. To quote our guest, it's about putting respect on our vote. He said to me, voting is a sacred act which takes you to a place where you say, I am. Voting says, I am. I exist. My voice counts. I matter. Those aren't the words of just any citizen, but someone working among and on behalf of a population whose voice often doesn't count. Those would be returning citizens, people convicted of crimes in the United States, and in this case, people convicted of felonies in the state of Florida. In my humble opinion, Florida is one of our more retrograde states when it comes to voting rights, because this state did not restore voting rights to people convicted of felonies for 150 years. That changed in 2018 with the passage of Amendment 4. This initiative garnered an overwhelming 65% of Floridians to vote to restore voting rights and thus visibility and dignity to 1.4 million people in that state. It was the largest restoration of voting rights in 50 years in this country. And the returning citizen who helped organize that grassroots effort is who I had a chance to speak with. His name is Desmond Mead. He's president of the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition and author of the book, Let My People Vote, My Battle to Restore the Civil Rights of Returning Citizens. I spoke with Desmond not just about voting, but about changing the narratives of power in our democracy and about affirming ourselves, about saying I am and I matter. You'll notice some noisier than usual audio from Desmond because he squeezed us into his schedule while he was in the middle of his Let My People Vote bus tour. Yes, Desmond was literally on a bus. Have you ever done Zoom on a bus? I don't think so, and I don't recommend it, but we got some decent audio and what he had to say is so powerful. Take a listen. I am Desmond Mead, the executive director of Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. My organization is an organization that's led by people who have previous felony convictions, as well as those who have loved ones that's been impacted by the criminal justice system. The rights that you're trying to restore, what rights are these in the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition? We're trying to restore voting rights right now. You know, when a person is convicted of a felony offense in many states, such as in Florida, they lose their civil rights upon their conviction. And included in that civil rights is the right to vote, the right to run for office, the right to serve on a jury. There are other collateral consequences that's associated with the loss of civil rights that could impact a person's ability to find safe and affordable housing or to get employment or occupational licenses. But the granddaddy, I think, of all those rights is voting rights. I'm hearing some noise in the background, Desmond. Tell us where you are. Tell us what you're doing right now. And right now, I am on I-10, Interstate 10, in the northern part of Florida, on a bus, our Let My People Vote bus, that we're riding in, going from city to city, from county to county, really trying to energize a base of folks to really turn out actually early in this election. Uh, we realize that this is probably the most critical election that this country has ever seen. And we are, I think, in the middle of the defining moment of our country and our democracy. 
And it is extremely vital that every American citizen play a role in, in what's going to happen in these next few weeks. When did you start caring so much about voting and the state of democracy? Man, that's a great question. You know, I think that it started with first learning how to care about me. Right? And, you know, in the process of learning how to care about me, learning how to care about others. It's somewhere within that realm of love for my fellow human beings that we discover that one of the mechanisms that we can use to actually improve the lives of other people is through voting. And then in the process of really finding out more and more about voting and, and seeing how it works and, and the impact that it can have in that process, actually, you know how they say there's levels to this? Right. Yeah. I actually went to a whole new other level that I didn't even know existed last month when I went to go vote for the first time in over 30 years, walking up, understanding that I'm getting ready to engage in a sacred act. I didn't even understand the sacredness of voting. You know, I, I talk a lot about the value and how the right to vote is all this and all that. But what I did not capture or fully understand until I went to go vote was about how sacred voting is. And so when I was in that voting booth actually voting, I was engaging in the sacred act and understanding that the level of sacredness about voting actually transcends partisan politics. It transcends the politics and it transcends even the racial anxieties and biases. That sacredness of voting actually takes you to a place where you say something so simple yet so powerful. It takes you to the place where you say, I am. Voting is like that ultimate thing that says, I am, that I exist, that my voice counts, I matter. When you put in the sacrifices that our ancestors have made, the blood, right? it was blood that purchased this right and, and sanctified it. When you kind of understand that, then you have to understand that people got to put respect on your vote. And not only do people have to put respect on your vote, because it's so easy for us to say, yeah, put some respect on my name, right? But guess what? We got to put respect on our vote because we have got to come to this space where we understand that this vote is so sacred that we can't just give it away or we can't allow it to remain dormant. We have to put respect on our own vote. You know what I'm saying? And, and we put respect on it by using yeah. it. When we don't use it, we're just totally dishonoring not only ourselves, but the work of our ancestors. And then when we just easily give it away to yeah. people without making them work for it, then we have devalued our own vote. When you tried to use your vote some years back, you weren't able to. Can you tell me a short story of trying to support a candidate you cared a lot about, but you weren't able to do so in that formal version of voting? Wow. You know, <laughs> yeah, this one candidate that I was wanting to support with all my heart because I loved her to death. And that was my wife, you know. She ran for office in 2016. And man, I'll tell you, we poured so much into her race. And I remember a few months before the election, somebody was like, man, I know you can't wait to vote for your wife. And it was like they stuck a knife in an old wound and twisted it, reminding me that because I live in the state of Florida, I can't even vote for my own wife. And that was painful. That yeah. was painful. That was like, Somebody, you know, that overcame so much and think that they have arrived just to get slapped and said, oh, no, you haven't. You're right back, you know, where you thought you had escaped from. 
that you're still not good enough and you're still not worthy. And you know, it, it was that was a that was a painful moment for me. It really was. Your book is very moving, Desmond. Let my people vote. My battle to restore the civil rights of returning citizens. And there's a part of it that jumps out to me where you're making your return and you are astonished that a black man with a criminal record living in a shelter can enroll in community college for free. Talk to me about your own political education in that moment of getting your degrees. What was that like for you? I think that goes to show the power of the narrative, right? That when we allow a narrative, no matter how false it is, to just fester it in our minds and in our society, it creates these illusions. But, you know, there's so many states where people automatically get the right to vote back once they've served their time. Or some states where people don't ever lose their right to vote. And I can guarantee you that there's somebody in that state with a felony conviction that believes that they can't vote because of the narrative. And so it was narrative like that that had me thinking that, number one, you know, you needed to have money to go to school, that you had to be of good moral standings and you couldn't have an arrest on your record and, and you definitely couldn't be a drug addict, you know, and, and, and you definitely couldn't be homeless. And so it was only a certain type of people where school was available to. Now, let me tell you something. Let me tell you the power of the narrative because I graduated high school. You know what I'm saying? I did real well in high school. There's some time in the military. But even though I had been exposed to all that, at that moment of time, me thinking that there was no way I could be going to school or get a degree was a product of just a narrative that caused me to believe that I couldn't when that was far from reality. And that's just the power of how this narrative can erase hope and cause us to think that our situation would never change. It's that same narrative. They got people saying my vote don't count or don't matter, you know. It's that same narrative. They got people thinking that nothing will ever change no matter what we do. So we might as well just accept it. Why even bother going through the most of the vote? It's that same narrative mm. uh, that kept me from even trying to get an education. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical billing expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. So you've helped change another narrative in your state with the passing of Amendment 4 in 2018, 65% approval by the people of Florida, not just members of the legislature, to restore voting rights to formerly incarcerated people, 1.4 million formerly incarcerated people. That's a major narrative shift. At that time, Florida was convicting about 170,000 people a year. 170,000 people getting convicted of a felony offense and losing the rights for life. Mm. But out of those 170,000, less than 25% was even sentenced to prison. So where do you think the rest of them were? See, sometimes we forget that this plea bargaining system and this cash bail system, which forces people to enter into plea bargains to get out of these conditions sooner than later, right, and forces people to take convictions on things that they're not even guilty of, uh, actually inserts them into a vicious cycle of mass incarceration. But reality is, is that, yeah, 1.4 million people, but first of all, we need to let them know that they were people. Because here's the thing, it's easy to think about somebody when they're locked up or coming out of prison, right? But it's a whole different perspective when you're talking about somebody that's in your home right now, that's sitting next to you on your church pew, that works with you, you know? You kind of view it slightly different. And yeah. so part of that is that narrative change and my shining star 
is that we were able to organize a controversial topic in a controversial state at a controversial time and win with love. We won without dividing people. We won without instilling fear or hatred in anyone. We won with love, bro. You know, and we engaged in one of the toughest battles and we won in beautiful fashion. It's love. And part of that is how are we engaging folks in such a way to where they're understanding that their efforts is not for me, right? But it's for someone that they love. That's what got me. You know, one of the key things that really set the tone for this ballot initiative was just approaching someone and asking them one simple question. You know what that simple question was? What's that? <laughs> Do you know anyone that you love that's ever made a mistake? Mm. We'll just let that sit there for a minute and let them just think about that. Right. So when we talk about felon disenfranchisement, my face ain't popping up in their minds. It's someone that they love, whether it's their son, their daughter, granddaughter, grandson, uncle, favorite uncle at that. Right. But it's someone that they love that pops in their mind. And I let that marinate. And that's yeah. that image that they take with them in the vote booth. They don't take mine because some of them might be racist and they could care less about me getting my rights back. Some might be Republican and could care less about somebody that might vote Democrat getting their rights back. But when they went in that booth, they weren't voting Democrat or Republican. They weren't voting black and white. They were voting love. They were voting based on someone that they love. One hell of a secret sauce. Um, yep. And a nice Some of those recipes yeah. you'll find in my book. <laughs> <laughs> Just think over there, the cookbook, right? Uh, how to do amazing things and overcome amazing obstacles. <laughs> uh, Chef Desmond, a cookbook for a healthier democracy. I love it. Yeah. Oh, I uh, like that. I like that. I might have to, that might be my next title, right? Yeah. Cookbook for democracy. I like that. You mentioned this narrative, this new story works for multiple races of people. It works for multiple party members, and particularly the Republican Party, which has really made a name for itself in trying to restrict the number of people who can vote. Yeah, I'm, st I'm still a little reeling that so many, you don't get to 65% with just Democrats voting. And so you've <laughs> moved people from, quote unquote, the other side. And yet, after the historic victory, you see the clampdown and the attempts to amend the ballot initiative that was passed overwhelmingly and restricted and imposed these fine payback requirements before you really get your rights back. Were you shocked by the Republican-led legislature's attempts to rein in the 1.4, reduce that number by putting these fee requirements on top? I was not shocked. Listen, at the end of the day, you said yeah. something. You gave me another quote, bro. We don't draw the lines in the sand. Politicians do. You see, when you take politicians away, even when you look at COVID-19 in response to COVID-19 pandemic, let me tell you, some of the most beautiful moments that we see in that is when people come together and handle their business. The ugly parts of the pandemic is when politicians are involved. You know, when we ran our campaign, people used to try to characterize it as a bipartisan campaign. That used to piss me off. I'm like, no, we're not. Heck no, we're not. You know, oh, okay, I'm sorry, you're a nonpartisan campaign. I'm like, we're not that either. I push back strongly against that. We're not. We wasn't no bipartisan. We wasn't a nonpartisan. We were an organic grassroots effort that welcomed and enjoyed bipartisan support. And the difference is we led with the people, not with the politics. 
when you take the politics out of it, where's the division? Right? Where's the division? And so we didn't have to make people cross lines. We just got rid of the line. So there was no crossing needed to be done. You know, we created our own line. We created a circle around everybody, whether you was young, old, black, white, Latino, whether you was conservative in your thinking, progressive in your thinking, or you didn't know which way to think. We included you because you was a human being that knows what it feels like to make mistakes or had a loved one that has made mistakes. And you know that you don't ever want to be not forgiven for anything you've done for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. That's where we organized. And so we, and, and we intentionally kept politicians out of it. So yeah, no, I wasn't surprised what happened because, you know, you got politicians. What comes with politicians is a heavy dose of arrogance. And that's what it was, bro. I mean, when you look at it, just think about this story. You have this homeless family that's been living in the street for years. When it rains, when it snows, when it sleeps, when it's hell, they're out there in the elements, right, with no protection. And politicians will walk past them day in and day out and not lift a finger. You with me? Yeah. All of a sudden, the people come together and say, we're going to build this family a home. The minute the people build a home, here comes the politicians going in the house trying to dictate how to rearrange the furniture. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's exactly what happened. Felon disenfranchisement has been in place in Florida for 150 years, and politicians did not address it. They did not. So the people took matters in their own hands. And the minute we were successful with it, now they had the arrogance to insist that they tell us how to implement Wait a minute. Keep your hands out of it. But the minute that happens, that's when you see the lines getting drawn again and you started seeing the division and the and the insults back and forth, both sides, right? And that really hurt us in our heart because we know we just accomplished something beautiful that we showed the world that in spite of our differences, in spite of the color of our skins or our, our political persuasions, that we can come together as human beings, to move major issues without having to tear each other apart, without having to degrade each other. We showed that it was possible, and they resorted right back to the old way of doing things. And it hurt our hearts to see, because at the heart of all of that was that it was real people's lives that we were talking about. But the politics then overshadowed that. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have health insurance, it's easy to think, I'm covered, no worries. Well, not so fast. Remember, your out-of-pocket costs are not covered by insurance. That can be a lot of money for your family. But how do you know you're not being overbilled? It's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. Unless you're a billing expert, how do you know your medical bills are accurate? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your insurance. When your medical claims come in, HealthLock technology reviews the claim for errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden errors, so you pay only what you owe. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Bottom line, insurance alone isn't enough. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Classes in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. How have you and the people's movement here responded to this politicization and to these restrictions? Keep on elevating people over politics. That's how we responded. When everything went down, we're like, listen, other people see obstacles, we see opportunities. We seen the lawsuit come in. We won the lawsuit in the Northern District Court, and then it was appealed by the state. And the 11th Circuit Court of Appeals reversed the lower court's ruling and sided with the state of Florida. And, you know, required that, you know, people pay outstanding legal financial obligation. Folks looked at that as a setback. We looked at it as an opportunity to step up. What we did was that we ended up organizing the entire country. Over 88,000 people from all over this country. We organized celebrities like Michael Jordan, LeBron James, Michael Vick, Ariana Grande. We organized corporations like Levi's and Viacom. 
you know, and all kinds of foundations to raise over $25 million. $25 million to help people remove those obstacles so if they want to, they're able to participate in democracy, right? Now, to me, that was so beautiful. So when there are challenges that we face, we take those opportunities to do great things, to do amazing things, and we used it not to further divide our country, but we used it to bring our country together. And there were people who were conservative that donated to that because we were talking about democracy, that no American citizen should be forced to choose between putting food on their table or voting. It, it, it shouldn't be a decision they'd be forced to make, you know. And folks stood up and said they were going to free the vote in Florida because democracy should not be held hostage. And to me, that was beautiful. Let me tell you something. We like courageous people, right? Mm-hmm. But we can't have the courageous people unless we have fear. And so these moments, these obstacles, and these attempts to suppress our vote or intimidate, prevent us from voting, we should look at these moments as opportunities to show how courageous we are because the level of courage that we need to show up to vote this year is nowhere near the level of courage that our ancestors had to muster up to fight through the state-sanctioned violence to fight through the hangings and the burnings, to fight through the just outright blatant uh, terrorism that was rained down upon them. And so this little bit of something here, nah, man, this is the time that we step up. We look forward to these opportunities because now when they're trying to do that, we show up with even more people. So I'm glad you're trying to be suppressive because now I can get more Pookies and Ray Rays to come out and hang out with me and vote. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad that you that you want to try to make it difficult for us to get access to the ballot box because now you're going to help us engage more celebrities and make them more aware. So now they're not just getting involved because of this election. They're planning on getting involved long-term. So now instead of having one or two Harry Belafonte's, man, we about to have hundreds of Harry Belafonte's in our entertainment and sports industry. That is great. You know what I'm saying? And that sets the, the foundation for a more vibrant democracy as we're moving forward. So, hey, bring it on. Bring it <laughs> on, man. Look at, you got, look at, you didn't get those muscles by just sitting back relaxing. You had to lift <laughs> some weights, didn't you? You had to experience some tensions. And, you know, the most important thing you had to do to get those muscles, you had to tear some muscles. You know what I'm saying? That's the only way the other layer is going to grow. And you can only tear it if you experience tension. And so I embrace these moments. People who bully people, you know what they are. They're cowards. Point blank. We already know that, right? Yeah. But this is what we also know, though, is that when you stand up to people like that and you punch them in their mouth, you know, they'll turn tail and run. They'll turn tail and run. And what I say is that for people like me, I've been in prison. I've been hooked on drugs. Matter of fact, I've been hooked on crack, all right? Uh, I've been homeless. I've faced down death. People like me don't scare easy. So whoever them people out there trying to bully, they pick the right ones with returning citizens. Because we don't scare that easy. And so we're going to clap back. And we clap back or we respond to that by showing up with even more people, with more of our family members and friends and more returning citizens. And so that democracy would not be intimidating. We're not going to allow that. They got the right ones this time. There's a lot of people who hit me up knowing I was going to talk to you. And they said, how can I help? 
I see what's going on in the news. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. What can I do? And so that's a specific question from listeners to the show, but a more general question, pulling from your recipe book, what are you encouraging people to do around this election, but also beyond it? And I think that it is so important that we find other people to take to the polls with us. And here's the deal. We need to have conversations, not only with our friends, but people that we don't normally typically talk to all the time. We may talk to our next door neighbor, but what about the one on the corner? You know, what about the one across the street? You know, we need to talk to people. We need to interact and don't come in proximity with our other brothers and sisters that's out there in the community, people that's walking around that may not have the kind of hope or outlook that we have. And just we need to find ways to engage them and bring them to the polls with us. Point blank. This should be an affair that we want to do and we look forward to doing and not feeling like we have to do. You know, I see the long lines out there now, you know, and it can be daunting. But I think that we have to have that resolve that we are going to show up because we need to make sure that our voices are heard. Because if we don't show up to make sure our voices are heard, then the bottom line is then it's going to be up to other people to decide whether or not our lives do matter. Yeah, that's the translation I think a lot of folks are missing. And you put it really, really perfectly. Thank you for that. You get interviewed a lot. People reach out to you. You run this organization. You're part of this movement. And so I want to give you a chance. You know, we're here to talk voting. We're talking democracy more broadly. But what do you want to share that I maybe haven't teed up for you or haven't asked you that you don't get asked to discuss very often but feels very important to you on this topic? I mean, that's a great question. So here's one I think that, you know, I don't think it gets asked enough about the sacrifices. You know, a lot of times folks just see the end results, you know, they see, oh yeah, remember before passed, and don't really have a, a deeper appreciation for the sacrifices that it takes. Uh, I was in a meeting today and and I think what I want to share with folks is what I share with the meeting. You got to figure out who you are. Are you the chicken? Are you the cow? Are you the are you the pig? Right? And and what I mean by that is that you've got to really understand that there's a difference between the contribution and the commitment and how the best way to understand it is through thinking about the ham and cheese omelet. Because we know that the ingredients of a ham and cheese omelet is the eggs, the ham, the cheese. If you're poor like me growing up, the milk, right? And so we know that the milk and the cheese come from the cow, the eggs come from the chicken, and the ham come from the pig. Well, the cow made the contribution to the ham and cheese omelet. The chicken made the contribution to the ham and cheese omelet. The pig made a commitment to the ham and cheese omelet. And we've got to understand that, guess what? All three, all three are needed to get that ham and cheese omelet. We just need to know what role we're playing in that, in that particular situation. And at the end of the day, you've got to find something that you're willing to die for, right? And really be serious about it and not let it just be rhetoric. Because a lot of times we do use rhetoric. You know, I've heard so many people say, I'll die for my children. But yet they won't turn up to a PTA meeting for their children. So I look at that as a lot of rhetoric. Because when you die for your children, that means you'll fight for your children. That means you'll show up and make sure they're getting the right type of education and all of that other stuff. I'm talking about something that you're willing to invest your whole 
body and soul into? What are you willing to sacrifice for? And when you find that thing that you embrace it and this work that we're doing here, it can look glamorous, but at the end of the day, there's a specific amount of sacrifice that had to go into it. And I would like every now and then when I'm being interviewed to talk about what some of those sacrifices are. But there is, there's a lot that I had to, yeah. sacrifices I had to make, but I was willing to do so because like I told my, my team the other month, I'm at peace with myself now because I found something other than my family that I'm willing to die for. And I'm good now, bro, but I am willing to die to make sure that every American citizen have an opportunity to experience what I experienced when I voted for the first time in over 30 years. I'm willing to die to make sure that every American citizen has an opportunity to experience what I experienced when I voted for the first time in 30 years. Thus spoke Desmond Mead. So what are you willing to die for? What are you willing to commit to? Are you going to play the role of the chicken, the cow, or the pig to make sure we make this omelet? Desmond Mead, he really could create an amazing cookbook, couldn't he? You can find his organization, the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition, on their website, floridarc.com, or follow them on social. They're everywhere at FL Rights Restore. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find Desmond on Twitter at Desmond Mead, M-E-A-D-E, or on Instagram, add the number 44 after that, Desmond Mead 44. Thank you, Desmond, for a powerful, powerful lesson. We are posting this episode, the transcript, show notes, and more as usual at howtocitizen.com. And as usual, it is now time to get into the actions for this episode. In our first category, internal actions, things you can do alone, a bit more reflective. Got three things for you. Answer this question, Desmond's question. Do you know anyone that you love that's ever made a mistake? Think about it. Number two, answer this question, Desmond's question. Are you the chicken, the cow, or the pig? Because that's how you make an omelet. You need all those things, but the cow makes a contribution, the chicken makes a contribution, the pig makes a commitment. We need all those roles to make this omelet of self-governance and people power and democracy. What role are you going to play? Where and how? Think about it. Lastly, in the internal section, read Desmond's book. It's great. Let my people vote. My battle to restore the civil rights of returning citizens. We have it linked in the show notes. We also have it in our online bookshop, which is adding more titles by the week. Visit it at bookshop.org slash shop slash how to citizen. For the external actions, feeling sets of threes right now. So three here. Support the Florida Rights Restoration Coalition. Go to floridarc.com slash volunteer. Make yourself useful to this pro-democracy movement in our midst. Find other people to take to the polls, virtually or actually. We've recommended this before. We can't recommend it enough. Talk about voting all the time and coordinate with your squad to get it done. Help each other out. You don't have to do this alone. 
And lastly, spread some good news. We are inundated with depressing information or outright disinformation during this time. Amplify the opposite. Find a good news story about voting or about democracy more broadly and tell everybody you know. The Solutions Journalism Network has a great resource at solutionsjournalism.org hub. And they've got this carousel of recently published beautiful news, which will actually strengthen your faith. Let's do this together. It's the only way to get it done. Thank you. Thank you. As usual. If you do any of these actions, big or small, tell somebody, tell us, email us, action at howtocitizen.com. Put Desmond in the subject line. Or maybe a chicken or cow or pig. We'll figure it out. And use the hashtag howtocitizenonline. Send us general feedback to comments at howtocitizen.com. And you can visit the show's website at howtocitizen.com. It really helps the word of mouth. So leave a review. Tell somebody about this show. If it's helping you citizen better, let them know. How to Citizen with Baratunde is a production of iHeartRadio Podcast, executive produced by Miles Gray, Nick Stump, Elizabeth Stewart, and Baratunde Thurston. Produced by Joelle Smith, edited by Justin Smith, powered by you. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart for a year, and what a year it has been. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Make Woke AF Daily your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Across Generations, where the voices of Black women unite. I'm your host, Tiffany Cross. 
Tiffany Cross. Join me and be a part of sisterhood, friendship, wisdom, and laughter. We gather a seasoned elder, myself as the middle generation, and a vibrant young soul for engaging intergenerational conversations, prepare to engage or hear perspectives that literally no one else has had. Listen to a Cross Generations podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 